Hey everyone. Hi friends. Welcome to the Intent Podcast, where we give you all the tools that you need to live intentionally. Because we never do anything without intent. I'm your host, Neil Larice. And I'm back. I feel like I haven't talked to you guys in a long time. Um, I believe the last time I talked to you guys, it was cancer season, and it is now Leo season. Um, A lot has happened in between that transition in my life, and right now, I'm really just in a place of introspection and kind of just reevaluating everything. There's a cycle in my life that needs to close And I am just sitting back and letting it close per direction from my ancestors and guides. I will have you know, it is not easy to do. I am a Gemini sun and moon. I, my Mars is in Leo. Like I need to be moving. I need to be interacting. I'm a doer, a lot of yang energy. So it's not easy for me to sit back and you know just be receptive but I am teaching myself those principles and I'm you know learning that it's okay to do that and I'm just trusting the process everything in divine timing so you know I am back I'm happy to do this episode again let me tell you I'm saying again because this episode I actually started months ago And I didn't release it because I didn't like it. And I was second guessing myself and feeling like I couldn't actually deliver it for some. I was just all up in my head and it it wasn't working. Um, So I'm redoing it. Um, Redoing it. And it's about something that, you know, I'm sure you guys are probably like, I'm surprised she hasn't talked about this already, you know, because I talk about it in every single episode. I talk about parts of it, but I haven't really dove into everything. So that's what I'm going to do right now. That's what I'm going to do today. And this episode is going to be about my love astrology. Yeah, we're, I want to talk about astrology. Um, Astrology is so deep and vast and there's so many parts of astrology and so many ways that you can dive into it that you know and I think that's where my pitfall was when I first tried to do this episode was I was trying to like teach astrology if you will and like teach the basics and everything and I don't I don't think that's the way to approach it anymore it's really overwhelming to do that um I think what I'm gonna do for this episode and the best way to do it justice and to really honor like my love of it and to possibly you know spark your interest and allow you to understand how you can use astrology intentionally is I'm just going to talk about the parts of astrology that I love and the parts of astrology that I use regularly and how I allow it to guide my life because you know astrology is is ancient and it's been a science of, you know, our ancestors, you know, it, it really dates all the way back to like 500 BC, like astrology is no joke. 
And I know that, you know, now we're living in a time where people don't really believe in it and that's fine. I'm not here to convince anybody about it. If it's something that you just think is complete pure bullshit, then the same for you. Um, you can find, you know, we'll have other episodes or you can go listen to my other ones. The last one was about sex. Maybe you'll like that. <laughs> Maybe that will, you know, be a little more physical and tangible for you. But this is for the people who are really, you know, understand and appreciate astrology and understand how it can really help you along your spiritual path. And if you don't and you're just curious and you're open to hearing about it, that's where that's what I, I want to help. You know, astrology really does help you live intentionally just because it shows you how everything is connected from who you are to what's going on in the world and in the stars above you. And, you know, we have convinced ourselves that we, you know, that everything is kind of in, um, what's the word I'm looking for? that everything outside of us is in submission to us. You know what I mean? Like the animals, the the weather, the stars, all of those things are in submission to us. And that they don't affect us, that we affect them. And I think astrology, at least for me, helps me understand that it's kind of it's it's we're all connected, you know? And that's not to say that we don't affect those things, but I it's a give and a take. You know, so the only way that you can understand what you're actually receiving is to really understand what's going on in the stars, what's going on in the planets, what's going on in those dimensions outside of us, you know. Um, and I think that astrology really, really helps with that. So I'm going to talk about the different th parts of astrology that help me um on my spiritual growth and my growth of just learning who I am as a person help me with learning everyone around me and also help me understand what divine timing is and like what I should be doing at a particular time you know how are those things aligned and everything so I'm going to break all that down and give you just kind of some tools that you can use to learn about yourself and get a better understanding of what's going on in your life at that point in time and how you can go with the flow and actually use those that energy to your advantage whether it mean you know you're in a resting period like I am where you're just kind of letting it letting it flow just letting things happen or if you are in a position where or in a place in your in your life where you should be actually moving and going you know you can figure all of that out and it it's past your horoscope you know so you can look at everything from like what your year will look like down to what the day or the next couple of days will look like just based on the transits happening so um whichever part of astrology that I talk about I will explain that part in depth and I'll give you guys you know some key foundation and you know like the fundamentals that you'll need in order to to start to understand that but I'm just hoping as always with everything that I talk about it's more so just to spark your own curiosity it's not to come from a place of like oh I'm teaching you this and you got to take my word as law even if you hear something that I, I'm saying and you're like 
actually that doesn't sound right good I'm happy you feel that way now go research do your own research and see what you come back with you know what I mean that's what I want I just I really wanted to just spark something in you guys where you feel curious about it and you feel like all right let me go really understand this for me um not coming from a place of like I know everything and then whatever you find whatever uh findings you have I'm more than happy to hear them I'd love for them to be shared um we can create a dialogue from there but like I said it's for this particular episode I'm just gonna take a couple of things about astrology that I use consistently that help me live intentionally and help me on my spiritual journey and I'll explain those things in depth and um we'll go from there so finally getting to it I'm excited um very excited to talk about this is literally my favorite thing on earth astrology is it it really makes me feel so alive and engaged when I talk about it so I can't wait I can't wait. I'll be right back, guys. Okay, so let's get into the inspired segment. Um, This inspired segment is a little fun. So I have been doing just a little bit of like um, inner child work, more so some meditation, like through meditation, just kind of taking some time meditating thinking about myself at a certain age usually it's around like five and you know just talking to her and listening to her um getting an idea of like what she may be struggling struggling with and what I need to kind of mature her from and recently I have started watching like Sailor Moon again I don't know I like woke up one morning after a meditation the night before um with my inner child and I woke up and I was like I want to watch Sailor Moon I haven't seen Sailor Moon in forever I loved Sailor Moon as a child and I was like there's got to be somewhere that I can watch it so I went on Twitter and I asked um my timeline where I can see it they said Hulu I went to Hulu and I started watching Sailor Moon and the Like, there's a bunch of different versions, apparently, of Sailor Moon. So there's one where it's it's literally just in Japanese. Um, Right? Is it Japanese? Okay, sorry if (laughs) I'm ignorant and it's not Japanese, but I'm pretty sure it is. I'm pretty sure it is because it's it's based in Tokyo. Whatever. (laughs) It's in a language that I don't understand. Sorry, I got uh, interrupted. Somebody came and rang my doorbell. And um, it's like, no one's, you know, no one should be ringing the doorbell. I'm not expecting anybody. So I thought it was like certified mail or something. But it was actually just um, lobbyists. So anyway, yes. So some of them you can't understand. So I I went through and I found one. Um, It was like Sailor Moon crystal gang or something like that something and I'm not sure if it's actually the one that I watched as a child that like would come on tv I don't think it is it's a lot more intense (laughs) than the one that would come on tv but then again I'm not sure um but in this one 
it's so interesting and this is the reason why I wanted it to be the inspired I wanted to talk about it in this inspired segment because one it talks about a lot of different things that I'm interested in now one the most obvious being astrology duh sailor moon sailor venus sailor saturn like it's you know all the planets are that's her gang like that and they're all superheroes and they all have um different powers which are associated with different characteristics from all of the planets so the astrology but then they also um talk about past lives at least in this particular series that I'm watching they're talking about past lives like her in tuxedo mask actually have a past life together where like she was a princess and he was a prince on earth and she was a princess or the prince yeah she was a princess of the moon but she like came down to earth to meet him and they fell in love and then um but the people of the earth didn't like that so they ended up killing tuxedo mask in front of her and then she committed suicide because she was so distraught by it this is how I know that can't be the one that I watched on tv because I I highly doubt it got that graphic and intense right but past lives is something that I'm very much interested in her and tuxedo mask are very very obviously twin flames like it's one like even before because the past life part um comes like later on in the episode so it's way down the line that they exposed that but early on just like constantly seeing how they interact with each other and how she just constantly like bumps into him and he always comes to save her and um they seem to be going through very similar things in their lives in a lot of ways I was like they're definitely 100% twin flame so there's that twin flamey type of um feeling and then she has a um a totem a totem or basically like a spirit animal that's who Luna is essentially that's her guide these are all things that now at 20 started around you know 25 that's when I would say I started like my like really diving into my spiritual journey um now at 25 I'm watching and I'm researching those things and so to go back to something that I loved as a child and it has all of those themes so blatant it's so interesting and it it really just reminds you that you the things that you like are very much an indication of who you are and what you're here to do like my mother told me all the time like I have no clue how you found that show I never understood why you liked it it was like something that kind of scared and she even went so far to say like it was so deep and different that it it scared me like when I watched it I was like how is she into this like (laughs) it's a little scary um because they do talk about like mind control like the evil side they're always trying to take over um human consciousness and everything so you know it's I can see to her she's like I was young watching Sailor Moon so she was probably like what what is happening like how did my child get a hold of this why is she even interested in this what do I do about it (laughs) because if she was like if you were to start asking me questions about some of the things that they talked about I would be like I don't I can't explain you know but my soul knew like that this was something that I was going to grow to love and become very much involved in and 
it's just it's so interesting but then when I watch it um I also have a very like I'm have kind of it's not even love hate but kind of a love hate relationship with Sailor Moon um because I identify with her so much her personality um she is very much a crybaby and she whines about things when they don't go her way and she's just kind of like I don't want to do this like why can't things just go the way they're supposed to why does there have to be so much conflict I don't want to do this and there's a part of me like deep deep down inside that's kind of like that I'm just like what the fuck like (laughs) I'm so tired of all this conflict can't it just all go but once you get her to that point like if you come and mess with people that she loves you want to mess with you know any of the uh, the sailor uh, any of the sailor sailor guardians um then she she's automatically you know jumping into character and then just other things that I'm picking up about her personality as I watch the show that I automatically identify with and even down to tuxedo mask very much represents the type of men that I like it's so weird (laughs) he has a lot of characteristics of like the type of guys that I like the guys that take my heart that I've had like really serious relationships with they always have this very plutonian feel about them I have Pluto in my first house so they always have a very plutonian um Scorpio type of feel about them whether it's that you know they actually are a Scorpio I've just dated a Scorpio son that was actually my longest relationship or they like if they're not then I've dated a lot of like Capricorn mid Capricorn ascendants and so Scorpio is on their mid heaven you know just a lot of like Scorpionic traits are like um even Venus and Scorpios people with a Venus and Scorpio placement a lot of the guys I've dated have that and it's very tux it's very like tuxedo mask like when he talks about his past, he talks about how he, you know, lost all of his memory in a car accident where all of his family died. So he basically is constantly um, trying to find himself and like transforming himself to remember who he is. And he's also, but that's something you you don't know anything about him. He gives such vague, gives off such a vague um, persona that everybody's like, who is this guy? What is his purpose? Should we trust him? Very Scorpio. So I say all that to say, like, a lot of the themes of this show very much align with my life and the way things have played out for me now being an adult. And it's so interesting to to see now that I'm older and I'm looking at all of these things. I'm like, wow, like, I was young as hell attracted to this. I had no way you know of knowing and had no real explanation of why I'm sure if you told me if you asked me at that age I was probably like because she's pretty or because (laughs) it's like it's you know girl superheroes like duh like who wouldn't like that you know what I mean um but the undertones of the it's not even undertones because everything is very like overt it's overtly about astrology it's overtly about um very spiritual themes and I wouldn't know that as a child, but just by me reconnecting with my inner child and 
following that one prompt that was like, let me find this show. It's giving me so much comfort and really just reminded me that I'm in a place where I am following my path and I am doing what I'm supposed to be doing, the things that I'm interested in. Like, it's not by mistake. They all have, they all very much have um, purpose for me. And so I wanted to share that with you guys because I wanted to just inspire you to think back to the things that you did as a child, the things that you were interested in as a kid, and see if you can explore them. If there were things that you, you know, maybe just stopped doing for whatever reason or lost interest in, go back, you know, because you never know what that can help you remember and learn about yourself and, you know, see if those things are are lining up. When we were children, we were very pure and we were not, um, we were not influenced by anything outside of us. As a kid, you don't want to do anything except for the things that you want to do and that make you happy and you want to play and create and, you know, just be, do all of those pleasurable things. You're, you're, trying to you're seeking pleasure as a kid you know and that's if we can get back to that core part of us you can find out so many amazing things about who you are and really connect with yourself again you know like one thing that I really wish that I and I probably should just one day just try it like I had a phase I very um vividly remember this I had a phase as a child where So I went to a private school and when I was younger, I went from preschool to second grade and then again in in um, sixth through seventh. But more so during like preschool to second grade, at some point um, we had art and they gave us an art book. And I remember the book, it was purple and it had a bunch of like different art projects in there. And also there was a part where they taught you how to draw. Like it literally taught you how to draw a face. So I remember I had this phase. I might have been like eight or nine where I like found that book again. And I was just literally just following the the directions in there. And I would use that to draw portraits. So I, I would, as a kid, I didn't have a, a TV in my room. And I was an only child, so I spent a lot of time alone. And and normally what that was, was I was either reading, playing with my dolls, or writing. And then they're just, and then when I would get a hobby, like I would concentrate on that hobby and do it nonstop, day in, day out, just pure dedication until I just decided I don't want to do it anymore and then I wouldn't touch it. Um, And that's what happened with me, like, drawing these portraits. I just one day picked up that book. I followed the directions, and I drew so many portraits. Oh, my God, I drew a portrait of my mom, of my dad, of all my friends, of just, like, fictional characters that came to mind, random people that came to mind. Um, And I did it all with uh, crayons. And I wish... One, I wish I kept those portraits. I don't know where the hell they are, you know. In the move from my family home, I'm pretty sure, I'm not pretty sure, I know I lost them and I am so sad about it. But I'm like, I wish I would have kept with that. And I wish I would have nurtured that talent because, you know, that could be really cool. Like, And I also wonder if I was to just pick up um, 
a pen and paper or, you know, whatever, and just start drawing again, would I be able to do it? And I think I've tried, you know, over the years to do it, and it's just absolutely not the same. But I remember my parents were like, what is going on with Shorty? Like, she just all of a sudden decided to teach herself how to draw, and she's actually good at it. And, you know, a couple of times they asked me, like, why I stopped, and I'm a Gemini. I just you know, you just lose interest. That's what happens. You just randomly lose interest. But I, you know, one of these days I I should just get like a portrait book and maybe actually buy an art book that'll teach you how to draw and try and go back and reconnect with that part of me because clearly there's something there for me to be able to do it, you know. But think about those things that you started and stopped as a child, the things that you, you know, were really fascinated with, that you loved, that just made you so happy and reconnect with them and see if you can find any threads um as far as what you're interested in right now and what you love right now because again it'll just help you get to know yourself get to know your soul and allow you to live more intentionally just in like the sense that you'll know what you love like when it when you do something like that as a child because literally you know how they say like if you if no one paid you Or like, let's just say you had all the money in the world, you know, you were just financially set forever. What are you going to do with your time? What are you doing with that all of that time? That's what's happening when you're a kid. You know, you don't have any need for money. You don't have any need to make a living. You don't have responsibilities. You don't have any of those things. You have nothing but time. And that just breeds you to be able to tap into your creativity, tap into the things that you absolutely love and are fascinated by. You know, so if you go back to that part of you, that can really point you in the direction of what you're here for or what part of your soul um can really give you a good idea of like why your soul is here and what your soul is trying to learn and experience and what your soul wants to express in this lifetime so I would definitely recommend doing some inner child work um you can find meditations on YouTube I that's pretty much my go-to but not only that just kind of like before you go to bed just closing your eyes and thinking back to you know imagining your your child you as a child in your mind's eye and then talking to them and listening to them what do you feel like what what do they look like um are they happy are they sad are they scared are they what are what's going on with them and then try and interact with them and then during the you know like once you come to <laughs> or during the day you know do things that can help comfort them so like um i remember some i went to was doing I did therapy for a little while and she told me she was like you should go and get a doll she was like just get like a beautiful doll a doll you would have loved as a child um a doll that you maybe would have asked your parents for and they wouldn't have got it for you for whatever reason whether it was too much or you have enough dolls whatever just go get yourself a doll and then you know take care of her you know really allow yourself to indulge her and interact with her I haven't done it yet but I'm going to but do things like like that you know that'll help kind of parent your inner child whether it be that you're nurturing her and so you know you're giving her a hug you're telling her it's okay you're allowing her to express herself or if you have to um kind of father your child and set some boundaries and set some discipline for her um him or her 
you know, depending on whether you're a boy or girl, I'm sorry. I say girl, I say her because I'm a girl. So it's just, it rolls out the tongue. But um, yeah, connect with your inner child and see where that leads you. You might really discover some amazing things about yourself, some things that you totally forgot. And um, it, it could really be good for you, especially because we're in Leo season. And right now Leo is all about Leo does represent children in a lot of ways, and it's about, you know, being pure at heart. So now's a a great time to tap into some things like that, because it'll really bring out your true creativity um, as well. So, yeah, look into that. I just wanted to share that with you guys. I'll be right back. I bet. So here we are. Let's get into it. As I told you guys, we're going to talk about astrology. So I'm going to jump into it. Again, I'm not going to go into all of the basics of astrology. There's entirely too much to do that. It's really overwhelming. Um, So what I will say is I'll give you some of the like basic ones as I talk about the parts of astrology that I love. Um, But I very much encourage you if I talk about anything and it really sparks your interest, please, please, please research it. Astrology is a very amazing tool. Um, It can really help you understand a lot of who you are, the people around you, and the things that are influencing you um, out in the world. You know, you can use it as a predictive tool. You can use it as, you know, just a tool to help you really understand your own psyche, your own self. Um, But it's something really worth looking into. It 100% definitely is. So what you're definitely going to need, and I probably cannot get around explaining this, um, is you're going to need your birth chart for sure. That's the first place. You are going to need more than just your sun sign. We're going deeper than sun signs. And sun signs are um, the sign that everybody knows about themselves. So you know if you're born on a certain date, you know that that correlates to a certain zodiac sign. Okay, so my sun sign is Gemini. I'm born in between the time period that, you know, the sun was in the zodiac of Gemini. Cool, but you need more than that. So what you'll need to get your birth chart is You need your date of birth, obviously. You need the place that you were born, and you need the time, okay? So there's some things that you can get without the time of birth. Um, I believe you can still figure out, like, what your Venus sign is, what your Mars sign is, your Saturn, like, all of the outer planets you can figure out. But to get, like, your really personal planets and how your chart is actually set up, so, like, your rising sign or your ascendant, those are the same thing, rising sign, ascendant, they're the same thing. To get that and to look and see where all the planets are on your chart, um, you really are going to need your time of birth. I found my time of birth on my uh, birth certificate. Everybody's birth certificate is completely different, but um, you can do that. You can also ask your parents check it out though because for a long time my mother was telling me that I was born at 5 p.m and I was really born at 4 56 p.m and it it doesn't make that big of a difference right it's like still the same but 
at the same time, you know, that just goes to show, like, parents, they vaguely remember. Um, so don't completely trust them. Try and get, like, concrete evidence so you know the chart that you're looking at is actually your chart and 100% represents, like, your birth, right? So you're going to need that. And then what you do with that information is you can really pull up a chart. Um, there's a bunch of different places you can go. So I use... Uh, astro.com that's my go-to place my favorite place i started off using cafe astrology um i don't anymore just because cafe astrology doesn't show you your chart it just gives you an actual like table and it tells you what the sign is and what the degrees are um and it'll bring i can't remember if it actually shows you like houses cafe astrology but it's just not it's not it's not what you that that's not what you want you want your actual chart like you want what an astrologer if you were to pay an astrologer to look at your birth chart you want what they're looking at right so i would go to astro.com for that um you can also download an app called time passages if you have a iphone um that's something that that's an app that i i really love i really adore it gives you all of those actual um aspects and you can see your your chart it's not as easy to read as astro.com is um but if you want something really quick and you just want to see your chart you can use time passages so astro.com is really important too because uh on astro.com you can pull up some of the charts that I'm going to discuss here and like use that and you can also save you can create an account create a profile and save some charts so you can continue to go back to it and play with it uh consistently so that's something that you will definitely need in order to understand what the hell I'm talking about here um just give me one second I'm going to take a drink of water all right so You'll want to get your birth chart. Um, And then I think, so that segues into the first one that I want to talk about, which is just your actual natal chart, right? Um, Your natal chart is a snapshot of where all the planets were. This is a very vague explanation, but to the point of where all the planets were when you were born. All the planets, you know, move at different pace mercury moves really fast opposed to saturn all of those things so like when you get into your saturn um your uranus neptune and pluto those planets you're gonna share those placements with uh people who are around the same age group as you um so those are more a little more like fixed and that like i said that's those are planets that you can find those placements without knowing your birth time because it doesn't matter because they weren't moving <laughs> essentially um but for your personal planets which would be the sun the moon mercury mars and venus you're gonna want to get your natal chart so you can know what those signs are and then your natal chart which is your birth chart is going to show you what houses they are in on your chart right 
So the cool thing about your natal chart and how it's broken up is it's broken up into 12 houses, 12 signs, 12 houses. The houses and the signs, they inter like they interact and they correlate with each other, but houses don't rule signs or anything like that. Um, each house represents a different part of your life. So I'll go through all of the houses and explain to you what they represent. So you have the first house. The first house always is your ascendant, your rising sign. So that represents the face that you put forth to the world. Um, people, What people see and recognize about you before they actually know you, right? That's your first house. Your second house represents the things that you that you own um like your thing yeah like materialistic things things you own it represents money it represents your possessions um and just to correlate them to a sign to kind of help you conceptualize everything so the first house is correlated with Aries so if you understand the characteristics of Aries Aries is very much about the self it's about me it's um a very like you know me oriented type of uh archetype or characteristic and then you go into the second house which is about possessions the things that you have the things that you own it it rules money it rules all of your possessions those types of things that's correlated with Taurus right when you think about the Taurus personality there's you know a lot of uh emphasis on the things that they own Taurus is also he well I don't know about y'all but when I think about Taurus I think about money um because I know that money is very important to them you know things are important to them as well um then the third house represents your communication it represents your immediate surroundings like your neighborhood um and that's correlated to Gemini so Gemini you know also it also can represent like your siblings and your aunts and your well more so your siblings you know so Gemini is the sign of the twins so it's you and other people you and this immediate world around you curiosity Gemini is also very represent it represents communication with others you know those types of things okay moving on we have the fourth house which represents um your home your home life uh, it can represent your mother and it can also represent um, your ancestors. So it's family. It's essentially family. And it's the darkest, the, yeah, like the darkest part of the chart or the, the lower part of the lowest part of the chart. It represents like the things that are very, very like personal and deep to you correlated with cancer so you're gonna cancer represents your mom um it's gonna represent your family home it's gonna represent the ways that you were nurtured it'll show those things the fifth house is creativity it's dating it's fun it's you know vibrant those are the things that you find in the fifth house fifth house it's children because children correlates to things that you create right um and that is attached to leo Leo is also about creativity. It's about shining. It's about, you know, being a performer. 
Um, the sixth house represents your work, your daily life, your routines. It's the, you know, the mundane things that you don't. It also represents health as well. But the mundane things that you just have to do in order to maintain yourself as an adult, right? That's correlated with Virgo. Virgo very much uh, deals with service to others, with work, and with your daily routines. Then you go into the seventh house. Seventh house deals with relationships, um, partnerships. It's the house of marriage, they say. Um, And that is also the seventh house is where your descendant will... um, will lie so that's the part of your personality that shows up when you're in relation with other people when when you're you know becoming yeah when you're in relation and partnership with other people you kind of show that side of you that is always opposite to your rising sign so for example my rising sign is a um scorpio so my descendant sign is automatically going to be taurus because taurus is the opposite of is the sister sign opposite sign of scorpio um, and the sign, the seventh house is correlated to Libra. So then you move on to the eighth house, which is correlated to Scorpio. And that deals with like shared resources, deals with intimacy. It deals with all types of transformation, including um, sex, including death. It can deal with any debts that you have to other people. So it's like, okay, after the seventh house, it's the partnership. It's that relationship. And then the eighth house is kind of the things that you guys accumulate together. The things that you all create together. Whereas like, you know, with the first house, it's just you. And then the things that you have in the second house, right? So Aries Aries to Taurus is like me and my stuff. Seventh house to eighth house. Eighth house is like my stuff that I created with my person. That type of thing, right? Then you go to the ninth house. Ninth house is about higher education. Um, it's higher learning. It's it's long distance travels. It's everything foreign. That's very much um, correlated with Sagittarius. When you think of, well, at least for me, when I think of Sagittarius, I think of somebody who's traveling, who is into foreign um affairs and always trying to learn about things outside of their immediate environment then you go to the 10th house the 10th house deals with your career it deals with your public persona it's where your midheaven is so your midheaven is the it's your reputation it's it's your reputation the things that that people know about you the things that are attached to to your known your like public persona right That is um, also connected with work and connected with Capricorn because Capricorn, you know, deals with status and authority and public face, right? Then you have the 11th house, which deals with those associations, those groups that you're a part of, your friends, um, as well as like, it also deals with like your great, your gains, like your great gains if you will um that's associated in also humanitarian um work that like charity and stuff that's uh also correlated with Aquarius and then you have the 12th house which is a very um I won't say it's complicated it's not complicated but it's not the easiest to understand like the rest of the houses are because 
the 12th house is very much about your unconscious mind. Um, it's about the parts of life that are secluded from society, you know, and the parts of life that are like hidden. So it represents your hidden enemies. It can also represent like prison and um, mental mental institutes and those types of things. And that's correlated to, it's also, you know, a spiritual house. It's, it's correlated to spirituality and it really aligns with the sign of Pisces. Okay. So the reason why natal charts, particularly the houses are my, like my favorite part of astrology and the part of astrology that I really love to learn more about and dive deep into is because by looking at your natal chart and looking at where the planets um, are, like where your planets are and what houses they're in, it gives you a very clear understanding of what is or what should be your focus this lifetime, right? So everyone there's each sign is represented in some way in your life based on your on your natal chart. You know what I mean? So you may not have any planets in the sign of let's say Pisces. So for me, I don't have any planets in the sign of Pisces, right? But Pisces rules my fifth house, which deals with children, creativity, um, children, creativity, and and fun and dating, right? So Pisces very much shows the way that I express that part of my life. So everybody has some type of um some type of connection to all of the signs all of the signs are within you in some way shape form or fashion so I hate to break it to you that one sign that you're just like "Uh, can't fuck with them like (laughs) I don't like them like that guess what babe you have some of that energy all up and through you right but when you look at the houses on your natal chart um like I said you get to see which parts which areas of life of your life are going to be very um prominent and important to you you know so the best way to explain astrology is really in my opinion to explain from personal experience make sure that you kind you kind of make it personal you look at astrology and the way that I learned astrology over the years and I've been interested in studying astrology since I was seven and really got more and more into it within like the past five to six years I would say um but you use personal experience so I'll use my own chart right which me being the geek that I am I basically have on my phone and I take it with me absolutely everywhere and I'm always looking at it and dissecting it this that and the third whatever so the houses that I have planets in personally are the first house the second house I have Uranus in there but it's like bare it's like right on the cusp of the third house so it's kind of moving into the third house but it counts second house third house eighth house ninth house those are the houses that are very much um a focus for me this lifetime and as I look back on my life 
well, not like, <laughs> I say that as if I'm like 70 years old. <laughs> anyway, when I look at my life, that really um, reigns true for me because the eighth house is where my sun, my moon, and my Mercury are. So the sun is like your ego, that's your personality. Your moon is your emotions, you know, it's like the true part of who you are, right? And then Mercury represents your the way you communicate, the way you process, you know, like your thought process, those types of things. It's all within the eighth house. The eighth house also rules like taboo things, which can include astrology in a lot of ways, or just kind of like the occult, right? Um, things that are hidden, things that aren't 100% out there in society. So me having my sun, my moon, and my Mercury all in the eighth house very much shows an interest in the occult. You know, like I identify with the occult. I'm emotionally attached to the occult. I feel comfort when I'm I'm interested in working with the occult. And then, you know, I want to study the occult. I want to talk about the occult. I want to learn about it. Those types of things, right? And then with me having my my Venus, my Mars, and my Jupiter in the ninth house, that's correlated to higher learning, to foreign affairs. Um, it's also correlated to uh, religion, and how I can relate that to my life is religion has been a very big part of my life growing up. I went to a Christian private school. Um, I accepted Jesus Christ at four years old. You know, I and then there's also been a very a big shift in my life spiritually. So those, you know, those two houses, I feel like are very prominent because they have all of they have damn near not damn near. No, they have all of my personal planets are in between those two houses. So it's bouncing between like the occult and religion or bouncing between, you know, higher learning. And then across from the ninth house, the opposite of that is the third house. The third house is about like grade school education and, you know, um, stay, whether you're like in a being in like the neighborhood that you grew up in or you know traveling abroad or whatever so like there's some ties some of the planets in that house square against the planets in the third house so just by looking at my chart I can really connect to some of the themes that I've seen in my life thus far and get a really good understanding of what all of the things that have happened to me and all of the, the things that I've seen so far, what are they trying to tell me? Like, what what's the point? You know, what's the message and all of that? So I would suggest that you pull your natal chart and look at the houses and which planets are in there and then do your research about what exactly that means because it'll it can maybe give you some clarity on... Um, why certain things have happened to you, why you have an interest in the things that you you have interest in. Um, and then once you learn the different meanings for the planets too, it'll also explain certain things too. So for example, something really cute that I thought of uh, not too long ago is like the sun can represent your dad, the moon represents your mother, correlation with cancer, you know, that's not as hard to uh, think about right get this my dad has his moon in the eighth house my mother has her moon in the eighth house so when I look at this 
and I'm a Gemini and my Mercury is in Gemini. So (laughs) when I look at all of those, I look at sun, moon and Mercury in the eighth house, it's almost like, yes, my parents passed those things down to me, but it's like my mom, my dad and I all living in the eighth house and having connections to eighth house things, right? Like it kind of just looking at that, you know, and not really going into it. I'm like, oh, look, it's me, mom and dad in the same house, right? It shows how close in, 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 um, yeah, just how close and connected we all are. And all of them are like, my the degrees of my moon is 26 then my sun is 21 and then my mercury is 16 so like my sun and moon conjunct like it's like very close everything's always in very close close proximity you know but like I was saying that to say like once you understand and start to see more of like what the planets can represent then you know different themes in your life will will like um, jump at it, jump out at you, and it'll be a really cool um, description of your life and how things are playing out. And you can use this intentionally because you'll know to pay more attention, or you'll know, and yeah, you'll know and understand why certain themes are important to you, right? So, like with me having Uranus in the second house. Um, Uranus is about a lot of like sudden changes and constant um, fluctuation. You can never really pinpoint it, right? And that's in the second house, the house of possession of money. So when I go through periods where I feel like my money is up and down, you know, I can kind of be like, well, that's just those are the cards I was dealt that, you know, I can look at my birth chart and look at that and see that. And then, okay, so then if I need some type of comfort and I want to, you know, maybe learn more about how to deal with that type of energy, you can easily research Uranus in the second house and find things that can help you learn what that means and maybe how to combat it or how to help you through those things instead of, you know, it really helps you. Astrology can really help you understand or like feel like, keep yourself from feeling like things are happening to you it allows you to take ownership and say okay these are the things that are happening everything is happening for my greatest good if that's the case how can I take this energy and and make it work in my advantage by me understanding what the hell is actually happening so you flip it and it's not like okay this is happening to me this is happening for me what's the lesson you know that's how you can use that intentionally okay so we'll move on because I have um like four other ones and they all are pretty deep so from your natal chart right then we can let's go to transits right so okay how with transits the planets are everything it keeps going right it doesn't just stop on your birthday like everything keeps going the planets are consistently moving right now as we speak the moon is somewhere the the we know the sun is in leo um the mercury is somewhere everything is happening and they're all aspecting each other and what that means is so like the way the planets interact with each other Um, those interactions are called aspects 
and each aspect has a different characteristic and, pro- and produces a different type of energy. So you have a conjunction, which is um, where the two where two planets are in the same sign, and then you have a opposition, where two planets can be in two opposing signs, and then you have a square, where two planets I believe are. They're like, I think it's like, give me one second. I'm going to look it up because I, I forget how many degrees it is um, away from each other. One second, sorry. So they're 90 degrees apart. That's what happens when you have a square. Um, With a square, they're 90 degrees apart from each other. Um, And sorry, hold on one second, because like there's an easy, yeah, there's an easier way to remember that than doing the degrees. The easy way is if they're three signs apart from each other, they're a square. So Aries is three signs away from Cancer, Capricorn, you know, like, yeah, three signs away from some from Cancer. Um, that's important. That's how you can kind of remember. And it's that sign plus their opposite. So Aries being um, three degrees, three degrees, three signs away from Cancer it's going to square, but you also know that Aries is going to square Cancer's opposite, which is Capricorn, okay? So those are important to keep in mind. Um, And then you also have, so it's conjunction, opposition, square, then you have sextile, and the sextile is two signs away. And then you have the trine, which is, um, so the best way, how I remember trine is if it's in if a sign that's in the same element as yours so for me um with my sign being in gemini right like if you think of gemini gemini will always try and aquarius and will try and libra if we're talking about um aries then aries will try and leo and sagittarius and so on so you just look for the other signs that have those elements and each of these aspects have a different energy so like a square is gonna bring like power struggle it's gonna bring conflict 100% conflict that's what you think of when you think of opposition and opposition is gonna be like a seesaw it's like you know you're going back and forth between the two energies you can't pick it's like just back and forth between the two um a trine is very harmonious and things you know you understand each other you're you're not doing things the same way but the but you have the same goal like you're you understand each other it's very harmonious um then you have a sextile which is also very is also harmonious but it's the parts that create friction you actually it's learning involved it's like okay I wouldn't have went about it that way but I see why you did and I see you know, I, I understand. Like, we're here. I wouldn't have did that. But the fact that you did it, like, I, I understand where you're coming from. It's that type of vibe. And then a conjunction is you guys are doing basically the same thing the same way. It's, you know, moving in the same exact way, right? 
So I say all of that to say the planets right now are creating all types of aspects to each other, you know, Um, the moon. And then those aspects that they create, it's going to create a certain energy like the one I just described. And that overall affects the energy of us as a collective, like here on Earth, right? So when you have, um, say, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a aspect. Let me look up what might be going on right now on a collective front. Because you can look and know the aspects that are happening, like, broadly but then you're also going to want to look at where the planets are and how they are aspecting your exact natal chart so right now venus is opposite saturn right right now as i'm recording this so essentially you know it's a it's a challenge in the sense that everything that we venus represents the stuff that you love the stuff that you you know, that you care. It represents love, beauty, harmony, all of those things. Saturn is restriction, it's boundaries, it's um, long-term, uh, long-term gains. It, it represents time, right? So all the things that we love are opposing and causing or can cause some type of restriction for us overall. That's an energy that everyone is kind of dealing with right now. Everyone in some way is dealing with um, some type of restriction towards the things that they they love. But then if you look at your particular, um, actually, that transit I just gave you guys I'm sorry that transit I just gave you guys is not for everyone as a whole that was actually for me personally so me personally right now um my uh Venus is being opposed by the by where Saturn is right now in the out there so that creates a certain energy and it can really help you understand like one why you may wake up one day and you're like why do I feel so angry today like what's making me feel like really on edge sometimes it has to do with the planets and the way that they're aspecting each other or the way one of the planets may be aspecting your chart and if you understand the transits that are going on at that particular time then you can understand the energy that's out there and you can maneuver yourself so that you don't do certain things and go oppose like go against it like you can kind of go with the flow of what's happening at that time so like a big transit that's been affecting everyone and it's coming to an end very soon thank the lord is um mercury retrograde mercury retrograde will be over on july 31st i believe Um, Basically, the end of this month, we're going to be done with Mercury retrograde. But with Mercury retrograde, and that's just when it appears like Mercury is is moving backwards, right? Um, But it's a time where you're supposed to slow down. You have to reevaluate the things that have been happening. It's just a, a moment to really understand everything that you've been doing up until this point. Not to start anything new, just refine the things that you've already been doing. We tend to see some issues with communication, 
you know, like you try and explain something to someone and they don't get it. Like there's miscommunication. There's a lot of issues with travel. There can be issues with your car. Anything associated with Mercury is basically it's going to be at a halt a little bit during this time. Most people don't know <laughs> that Mercury retrograde is happening right now. You know what I mean? So they're cre- they're um they're experiencing delays in all of the mercurial things that they're trying to do and they have no idea why. They're just like, you know, some of them maybe are taking it personally and just being like, "Well, shit, like God just does not want me to get this thing done or why can't anything go right in my life?" Whatever. But again, when you understand the energies that are happening outside of you and you understand that you are connected to everything that's going on you can take that opportunity to just go with the flow and go with how everything just accept the the energy that we're in right now and move accordingly because it's only going to work in your benefit you know and that alone will have you will allow you to live intentionally and you'll be able to capitalize on that energy that's there okay so then I also want to talk about um our south and north nodes which are really interesting um something that I would 100% advise everybody to look into even if you don't look into anything else about astrology um I, well, no, because <laughs> I, I was going to say that would be the one thing that I would tell you to look up if nothing else. I would also, I think you should also know um, about your moon sign because that really deals with like your emotions and your inner self, like who you really, really are at the core of everything. But your north node and your south node is very important because it basically deals with like your destiny. It tells you very much where your soul is headed, um, what your soul is trying to accomplish over, like it's an overarching idea. And then it also tells you what you've done in the past and what you've mastered in the past and what tools you're taking and bringing with you along your journey to learn something new. So for example, I don't, you don't need your birth um, time to find your, your um south and north node but i can give you guys mine um so my north node is in capricorn my south node is in cancer so in a past life and if you don't believe in past lives then another way to think about it would be just an energy that you have mastered up until this point an energy that you know you yeah that you've mastered you got it down pat those are things that are now at this point you've mastered it so they're actually you know, something you don't really have to think about. Like, you don't have to put effort into acquiring, right? So you're, so my south node is in Cancer. With that being said, you know, I've really mastered the energy of being nurturing towards others. I've mastered the energy of emotional intelligence uh, and being in touch with my emotions and um, really, you know, initiating new ways to feel because Cancer is a cardinal sign so you're in cardinal means like you're just initiating you start new things and that would be in the realm of emotion because that's what cancer deals with you know 
And then with my North Node, and also all of these things would have been happening in my home environment, in a very intimate environment, because again, that's what cancer kind of shows. Then with my North Node being in Capricorn, what my soul is trying to accomplish and do this year is, okay, so you've mastered the home, you've mastered nurturing, you've mastered being there emotionally for everyone around you and taking care of others. Now you need to push that. You need to allow that to push you out into the world. So this lifetime, my soul wants to experience um, being authoritative, being the authority in my life, putting myself out there, interacting with the public and having a certain you know public persona. Um, and then the other cool part and the another reason why you'll want to get your natal chart and it'll it'll actually be really important for you to have that because then you can see what house your south node and your uh, north node is in and once you see the houses then you can understand what areas of life all of that correlates to right so my south node is in the north is in not the north my south node is in the ninth house and my north node is in the third house so if we want to talk in past lives right my south node being in cancer being in the the ninth house which deals with foreign affairs and long distance travel and higher learning that tells me that i maybe nurtured others by um either being a teacher of something foreign, living in a foreign land. I was someone who maybe did a lot of traveling. Maybe I did it with a lot of, like, with my family. Um, I was a person who was, you know, an explorer and was out there in the world, right? With my North Node being in my third house in Capricorn, this time I need to learn how to have authority over my communication and do it more so within my immediate environment like take ownership over the the surroundings that I have around me right now really just owning my life for myself in the way that it is and where I am at this point in time so your north node is it's really not <laughs> an easy energy to master it's something you're gonna be striving for for your whole life um it's gonna take a lot of ups and downs to understand but you're coming and then the fact that you're coming with this energy from the south node because the south node you mastered it already so it's something that feels very very familiar and it's easy to just lean on that you know what i mean because you've done it already the north node is something that you've never done so you haven't you haven't experienced that energy so it's scary and it's uh, it can create some fear um but it is a it's good to know what your north and your south node is so that you can understand where you're going and the goal is not to just be like all right to hell with my south node like i'm not dealing with that anymore i already been there done that and go full force go full force at your north node that's not the idea it's more so to just kind of keep a balance between the two use your south node to help you get to your north node you know so you can't just say to hell with your south node because you need that energy 
because your north node and your south node, the signs are always going to be opposite of each other. So um, the signs are always going to be opposite of each other. So you can always look at their relationship to each other. Look at the relationship of those two signs to each other and then put that in the context of your north and south node in order to really, really understand it. And the south node is really um, helpful because it can give you some insight on your past life, which you did in a past life, and also um, how we're about to, what I'm about to talk about is about synastry. It can help inform you, your south node, like if you have any um, aspects with from your south node with someone else's personal planets, it can help you understand how that person, how you interacted with that person in a, a past life. Um, so what that might be. So like, for example, like I have um, a friend and her south node conjuncts my Mercury. And I'm more than certain that we were sisters in a past life because Mercury represents siblings. Um, we could have been like very much could have been siblings in a past life I I would I would bet money on it and she's someone that I'm like you you know when you've had a past life connection with them with a person because the the energy and the connection just kind of flows very easily and you you feel it you feel like you know there's someone that you have met before um so moving on to my next one I'm actually gonna come right back to uh, go over that one because I need to I want to get some water really quickly and I want to you know take my time when talking about this next one because it can be really really confusing especially if you are just getting to understand your your natal chart per se but I regardless I want you guys to um I'm giving you all of this information it's going to seem like a lot all at once but it's more so like I've been saying just to spark something like if something is like oh that's kind of interesting like I want to know like what that might be for myself then you can go ahead and and research all those things okay so I'm going to come right back okay so this episode's getting really long thank you guys for pushing through this is like one of my favorite things to talk about so and you know it's really involved so it was gonna be kind of long But I'm going to try and wrap it up real fast, even though this part that I'm talking about is like really, really, really one of my favorite things. And also, um, I would advise that you definitely look into getting readings and reports from a professional astrologer because this is not the it's not the easiest to. Um, dissect and understand on your own yeah like it's really not so next one of my favorite favorite parts of astrology is synastry and so synastry is when you take your chart and someone else's natal chart and you put it together and you see how they're interacting so you look at where that person's planets falls into what houses on your chart and vice versa, what aspects you guys' planets are making, those types of things. And all of that has some type of meaning um, that can really show you what you're, what lessons you're meant to teach each other, 
why you guys get on each other's nerves the way that you do, um, why your relationship is so harmonious. If you're supposed to, it can even tell you like if you're supposed to be in this person's life for a lifetime, like if they're your life partner, or if it's supposed to be a short-lived type of relationship, all of those things. It doesn't have to be romantic. It can be something that you do with anyone. So, you know, do it with your mom, do it with your dad, do it with your bestest friend, do it with your boss if you can get their information. Um, and it'll really, really give you some insight. And something you don't even need their full birth chart to do it. You can do it with just certain parts, just, you know, knowing what sign they're planets are in you can come to certain conclusions and such um but if you do have their chart you know definitely you can do this all on astro.com so you go to astro.com and the same place that you um get your natal chart you just uh basically click that drop down and there's a synastry chart there as well um so click around on that site but you can pull a synastry chart and look at it for yourself but i would definitely 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 get a report that goes into more detail um, so that you can have someone kind of explain to you what they see because, you know, I'm into astrology. I kind of understand what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. I can pull a synastry chart and come up with my own um, my own conclusions about everything. But I have gotten synastry charts on people between myself and someone else. And then, you know, the astrologer will point something out that I wouldn't, that I didn't no and would have never caught and it's something like monumental so definitely invest in that if it's important to you um but it'll really show you a lot about the people like I said the people in your life and their purpose so and you don't need their full chart so for example like um one of my bosses so the person who hired me um at my job like when I started he, I, I know for sure he was a Scorpio moon. I didn't have his time, but um, I had, I knew just because I could tell like he was either, he was one of two different moon signs. And once um, I saw Scorpio, just by knowing his personality and like all of that, I was like, of course, you're 100% a Scorpio moon. So if he is a Scorpio moon, that would mean that, you know, his moon was in my first house and... So just off that placement alone, you can kind of see, you know, what that interaction would be like. But even if you only have someone's sun sign, you can see where that shows up on your chart and then make a, you know, make your, um, what's the word? Not assumptions. You would make your descriptions from there, right? So, so for example, um... Like right now, my boo, his um, his his son is in Aries, so his son falls into my sixth house. So I know that this is somebody who is going to bring some structure into my life and help me really refine refine like my daily processes and you know help me get more organized and. All of those things. Um, and then, but then if, let's say, I was dating somebody who was a Taurus, his son falls into my seventh house. So that's someone that I'm going to be like, 
you know, just you, you're going to be around them and feel like I want to partner with you. Like, I want you to be close to me. You know, like I want you. It's a very lovey-dovey feel, you know, Um or, and then when you look at aspects, like you can kind of, that can do some explanations too. So like I have a friend um, that I always feel like super kind of protective of her. And then that, pro- yeah, like I feel really protective of her and I, I couldn't understand why. And I started to look at our synastry, you know, like the aspects between her chart and my chart and I got to see us a, a couple of things that really helped me um understand that we have some Saturn aspects which shows can show like restriction and everything and also Saturn can represent also can represent your father as well as the son um and so it's like I, I almost like have like this like maternal not maternal yeah like kind of but like more of a paternal like I just want to make sure that she's okay and like I don't want anybody to fuck with her it's not a good thing for me to hear about that you know and that kind of shows up in the chart um and then where like what houses they fall into that's important and you just really can come up with a good idea of you can just come up with a good idea of what the relationship is, what you're trying to teach each other in this life. Um, There's a lot of aspects that uh, are commonly known to not be very good. And so when you see them, it's not that you want to write somebody off because they have a certain aspect that isn't favorable, but you want to be mindful of the fact that that energy is there so you can kind of Um, once you start to see it playing out in real life, you can be like, whoa, like you can make that decision kind of beforehand of like, okay, I know that it has the potential to get to this. I'm not fucking with it. You know what I mean? Um, so like another example is like, I know a couple where the girl's son squared and was making like a very harsh aspect to the guy's her her Saturn was making a harsh aspect to his son. And he would talk about how he always felt like she was like critical of him. Or she always he always felt like she was like just disapproving and, you know, not either disapproving, critical. Um, just he always really just felt like she didn't like approve of him and he had to kind of prove himself to her. And that that Saturn on the sun, your sun is your ego, it's your personality, it's the way you express yourself. And, you know, her having her Saturn there, that's restriction, that's um, discipline and everything, you know, it can it can add some boundaries to that. So it made sense of him feeling very restricted around her, you know, so when you see something like that beforehand, you can say, okay. You know, if this person expresses this to me, I understand why. And I can, you can kind of make an effort to explain to them, listen, that's not where this is coming from, you know? Um, So you can kind of get ahead of it a little bit. It gives you some insight on what may, what's to come instead of just kind of going through your relationships, just kind of waiting to see what happens you know and I think that that is like my favorite part of astrology is like you don't have to go through life you don't have to go through your relationships just waiting to see and just allowing things to happen to you it it puts some 
ownership and some, um, yeah, like when you know and you're educated, then you can make informed decisions. And so it, it gives you that power back to say, okay, I see this is coming. I see that this may be a factor. So if it shows up, I can, I can allow myself to, to maneuver in that way. And that's not to say that, you know, every interaction that you start to uh, predict that or try, or try and like anticipate that energy coming and it's also not to say oh if I see that type of aspect and it equals this then I'm not gonna fuck with that person I mean you can it's to each its own if you want but there's so much you know it's it's like so much that it's not just one aspect isn't gonna make up the whole relationship you really have to look at the whole picture and that's why astrologers are here you know um that's what their whole that's what they do. They help you see the the big picture. They help you understand everything. Like I remember I got a reading um from my girl Astro Dim. Shout out to you if you're listening to this. Um she's absolutely my favorite astrologer. I call her my personal astrologer. I go to her for absolutely everything astrology and she did a reading for me for one person that like this guy that I was um getting to know and I could see that things were getting intense and like about to kind of turn into a relationship possibly and you know she did it and she said there's a lot of good here there's a lot of there's a good amount of bad and the bad is very very intense and she was like if nothing else this is going to be a very intense relationship you know you really just have to you know I think you guys can get through it but you have to just learn how to navigate those those negative things when they come up so it's really kind of like a count like it's like counseling when they can explain all of those things to you but it's also good for you to have that knowledge for yourself so you can have a little bit of a framework um and the more you study it the more it makes sense the more empowered you'll feel about everything and you know synastry is just it's just fun it's so 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 fun like and it's it's the descriptions and how people um, interact with the different parts of astrology, the houses, the aspects, the signs, the planets, um, the interpretations. Once you like make it your own, it's so interesting to hear how other how everybody gets something different and see something different when they are looking at the same thing. It's usually around along along the same thread. You know what I mean? Like the meanings are very. They are what they are. You know, Saturn is never going to represent luck. Like Saturn's never going to represent fun. Saturn just is what it is. You know what I mean? But you can always look at it in a different way. And the way that you interpret it can be a little different. So that is basically everything. Um, I hope that you guys found some inspiration and I hope that it sparked you know a little bit of interest in you to at least look up you know one part of at least get your your natal chart so you can kind of look into it and do your own research and everything I think it's a really helpful tool and you want to kind of get in front of that you don't want to only take information that you hear from other people you want to know what's going on so you can make your own conclusions okay I'll be right back with affirmations Okay, so some affirmations to help us just reflect on 
the things that we learned about astrology and how it can help us along our journey. Um, Remember that astrology is just a tool. It's not an end-all be-all. The energy is there. But if you're cognizant of it, you can always use it and transmute it into something that's, you know, beneficial to you. And again, everything is here for your highest good. So once you know that, you can make moves um, in a more informed way. All right. So affirmations. I am uniquely and lovingly created. And my chart reflects that. I am uniquely and lovingly created, and my chart reflects that. I have all the tools I need to grow and advance along my path. I have all the tools I need to grow and advance along my path. Astrology is here to empower me in my quest to love myself and others. Astrology is here to empower me in my quest to love myself and others. Thanks, guys. Uh, Bye-bye.